This episode of Speakers of Fightland is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers, Omeiji Cat Comet, Erisu Yamakawa, Circuit Barakil, Remy Asalia, Arcadia Lunashine, Alex Franco AV, Casey Schaefer, Azuta Starbreeze, Cletus Oreo, Nina Grimstarter, Nat Clay, Lily Black, AJ Brainswordson, Bob Cece, Mikta Rappentau, Faris Gentoru, Sapa Chakwatol, Edwin, Umbral Wind, Quick Levin, Winebow Brood, Pamela Isley, Camille Grino, Face on Masher, Elenriel Maximus, Code Redno, Mira Miri, Bay Barbele, Suno Chicano, Celesto Notrell, Lazy Boy, A Bag of Dragonite, Luke Osborne, Pandalu Storm Arrow, Tex, and Yowie Wowie. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakersxiv. Thank you. This is Speakers of Good evening, Aeorsians. Welcome to Speakers of Fidelin, episode 253. I'm Lakeel Bravestone, and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston and Rollo Des. Um, welcome. Uh, it is uh, July 3rd, 2021. And as we speak, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I know a lot of you probably have two streams open right now. Uh, hey. Big, uh, big day. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't. I mean, it shouldn't, but it also should be because we'll talk about it in a second. Um, main topics today: uh, fanbite interview with Yoshi P, um, and 14-hour stream schedule has been released. We'll go through that as well and look at what we can expect. We'll also, oh, mm, Mogmail. Hmm, interesting. We started late today. We'll see if we can uh, squeeze at least one Mogmail in. Stay tuned for the post show. We'll be answering questions from the syndicate. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's jump into uh, recent events. All right. Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, everything is slightly. Ooh. Okay. Let's address this first. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what? So, oh, kind of dangly. <laughs> for those that. Um, for those that didn't know, uh, my microphone uh, boom arm broke. I thought I had, I have three like additional arms, but my microphone doesn't fit on any of them. So mm. my very expensive microphone is now just hanging off the cable. Uh, That's so, I, so I know, bad. I know. Uh, and I was going to pick it up from the post office today, but then it was closed today. So that's what my situation until Monday. Ooh. So love that, uh, which is why I need to. And I always like, like, you know how I am during episodes. I always yeah. And pull the mic. And I can't do that. So this is where <laughs> it'll be for the remainder of the episode. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about what's actually happening in the 14 community right now. <sighs> July 3rd marks. The um, the first day of Asmongold's adventure in Eorzea. 
Now, it has it been an experience well for that server. <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about before everything went fucking tits up. Uh, the uh, character creation was quite nice. Uh, he made a Highlander. Uh, he made... So, here's the thing. Every time one of the WoW players... And I'm not judging, okay? <laughs> but when the WoW players move to 14... I'll say 8 out of 10 times they pick female Mikote, Seeker of the Sun, right? That's, it is so classic, it's, it's, you know, it's a parody at this point, right? But, um, Asman was like, no, I'm not doing that, I'm doing, I'm do. he was originally gonna go Midlander, it was like literally gonna go the most oh. vanilla, like, gill seller, <laughs> I mean, uh, that you can get. Um, but he found Midlander, made Midlander, he thought, it seemed like he enjoyed the process. Um, you know, you know, if you've watched Asmongold, you know he he doesn't. When he says what he how he 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 lets everyone know how he feels about things immediately, right? Uh, so it seemed like everything was going well, and then he starts. Then there's time to pick server. He wanted to go on Midgard's armor. On sorry, I always split it up. Nor Norse word Midgard's armor in English. Uh, the uh, server was full. So, okay. That's probably because everyone knew that he was going to pick that, because um, oh, I can't remember his name, but there's this other friend that he has that has on that server. Decides to go for, I think they say Gilgamesh, because that's like the big raid server. Yeah. He spends too much time trying to pick a server. It fills up, grays out. Okay. Adamantois, then. He then picks Adamantois, then spends too much time trying to find a name, Asmongold obviously taken. Uh, he then picks the name Asmongold Bald. Uh, and uh, when he clicks confirm, world is no longer accepting new characters. Gone. Snuffed out. All right, next. <laughs> Eventually, Cactuar was the one he picked. Mm -hmm. uh, immediately thrown into a 400-player queue. Which isn't that bad, but it, you know, you know why. Like, that's like an expansion day. Well, yeah. actually, that's like less than expansion I mean, day. it's like a couple of days after mm. expansion queue time. Yeah. Um, and it took a long time for it to tick down. So you know that there's a lot of activity on that server. The opening cutscene begins. He is bombarded with tell sounds and friend requests popping up <laughs> on screen. <laughs> During the uh, during the cutscene, and I'm like, oh my god, do slash busy, do slash busy right now. You can't do slash busy when you're in a cutscene. <laughs> so he had to watch the opening cutscene while, and I will say, GMs had a field day today because Asman's fans were making characters on the server with very inappropriate names mm. that were now starting to flash on screen <laughs> during this. So he's like, editors, make sure th for the YouTube video that this is just blacked out <laughs> because it's just, you know. Uh, uh, so that sad. was horrible. And most of it was just ear deafening. Like it was just a barrage of sounds. And he's not even in the game. Gets into the game. And, you know, you're in this instance, you're in this safe little bubble and there's no players, and you can just do the quest. It's all great. 
But then the strangest problem that I have, I don't think anyone foresaw happened. He was at the Drowning Wench, and the quest tells you to go down to the lower decks. And remember, you can't leave the Drowning Wench until you go down with the lift. The area is congested. The area is congested! He's softlocked into the Drowning Wench. Oh. I thought, okay, that's it. That's it. He's not going to be able to play this game. This is, and I, I just realized that it's going to be like this for every area he enters. He's going to try to go out of Limsa. It's going to be congested. Trying to go back in, it's going to be congested. Um, so he, he, just, he just kind of walked around in the Drowning Wench and just constantly clicking the lift attendant to try to get down. And eventually he did. Oh. And that's when, that's when the game puts you actually in the world, right? Bulwark Hall filled with people all using, like, holy, uh, all of their flashiest effects. I, I, and that's when I, I'm like, okay, this is it. <laughs> this is going to be the entire stream, <laughs> isn't it? From second one. Oh, yeah. And then he made the mistake mm -hmm. of being like, oh, I'm free now. I'm going to walk outside. I'm like, no, 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 don't go. Don't. He walks outside into middle Lenosha. First of all, it takes forever to load because it's suddenly there's like hundreds of players like entering middle Lenosha. And there's just these massive mounts. And at this point, it's like, okay, I can blame Limsa like for being, you know, Asman's chat. Like, because most of them were like sprouts. But I see you with your big flashing like mounts that you have to farm for like months. I, I saw you uh, filling up the screen, but I think I thought, okay, that's to be expected. They do people do that even on our streams, like a tiny speaker stream. People will be like, hey, look at me with my big funny mount, and they will be like, haha, funny mount, dude, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But then he tried to do some progression, like killing ladybirds and sheep. People insta killed them before he got to them. They finished fates before he got to them. And that's when it's a little more, like, insidious. I feel like that. I don't quite understand why that's a thing. Like, are you trying? Is it? What is the point of that? You can, I don't know. Yeah. That, that was weird to me. Um, and made me feel like <sighs> he's never going to have the right experience <laughs> like this. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess since anyone with a big viewership, it's just. Just kind of ruin MMOs for most people. Yeah. <laughs> you stream it. it, it um, yeah. Do you yeah. do you think our our fears are coming? Because the the thing happened that we said might happen, where it's like this server is just plagued <laughs> for like <laughs> you know for like a little bit during the stream, right? Um, mm -hmm. And <laughs> do you? But do you now think it's gonna be like, hey, this is the streamer server? This is the Asmongold world. You know I, what I mean? Like, you log in and you're like, oh, he's streaming. I guess I'll just sit in my 400 player queue or, oh, I'm trying to get, let me, let me go to Limsa to get something done. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's also I don't, I, I don't know if that's going to be, I don't think 14 works like that because remember, you can jump worlds, by the way. Yeah. If you're on, what is it? Ether. Uh, yeah. World, world visit yeah. isn't quite working right now. 
<laughs> so don't use it right now. I I would advise you to know you might get stuck. Um because uh yeah, it's it's uh it's quite bad. Um oh yeah, apparently you're a little loud, Rollo. I don't know if that's uh Uh I can fix it, I guess. Give I can't do that because then I'll lower Georgi. Um yeah, so yeah, no, um, I don't think there's 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 obviously going to be a lot of stuff like this right now because he just started playing. Um, most of those people that were there for the first day are going to fall off anyways because he's going to start leveling, and the people that are like here just to troll is not going to put in the time to level their character. Mm. So I think they're going to fall off pretty quickly. A lot of them, by the way. It was funny, he reached the limit of like the, you know, 200 is the maximum amount of friend requests you can have. Uh, and he, and also he eventually did put up busy, by the way, right after the cutscene. So, you know, all that spam stopped. But um, he reached the limit of 200 and then you could see the number of requests declining, like going down as GMs deleted the people with the uh, inappropriate names. Um it's a little bit better, by the way. Is that good? Yes, that's good. That sounds good. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so... Um, yeah, that's happening. Uh, I also want to just say that there's nothing to worry about. This is good. It's good that Asman is here. It's good... I mean, any player is good. Like, imagine how many new players just joined because of Asman. Um, <sighs> there is a lot of people... That are, and I wonder if that's what was happening. The people that were like sort of griefing, uh, if that mm -hmm. was like people trying to like just to ruin it for Asman, because a lot of the people that were the, out in middle Lenosha were people with mounts that takes the time to like you need to be level eighty to get them. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to point any fingers at the community, but you need to chill. <laughs> the people that you know, you know who you are. Um, this isn't the end of the world. It's actually sort of the beginning of a new chapter. Hell, Final Fantasy XIV is at the top of the Twitch directory right now. I don't know what number we are right now, but at some point we were number three in the cat. This is a very old game. I never thought I'd see fourteen climb this high up on the on, in the Twitch directory uh, directory um, like this. Here we are. It's like a realm reborn again. Re uh, Shadowbringers <laughs> reborn. Uh, it's, it's weird. Um, so, it's good, guys. Also, don't troll people. It's stupid. Yeah. You fucking lemmings, leave him alone. Yeah. It, it, also, like, stand, like, stacking on top of him, like, when he's trying to, like, interact. What is the point? He's got names turned off. What are you trying to achieve? I don't know. That's, yeah. the, that's how it is for him in WoW, isn't it, too? Like the, it is. I know. Or I know. any WoW streamer. He's but, just... but for WoW, he already knows. Like, it's not, you know, what else is there to do when you've done everything, right? He, that's just fun. Yeah. He's trying to progress in a new game. It's sort of, mm. I mean, that's griefing, mm. in my opinion. But, oh, well, you can't control the mass. That's, you, that's to be expected. He's a big streamer. That's how it is. Um, okay, so there you go. Asmongold. Is playing 14. Never thought I'd see the day, but here we are. Um, we got him, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we tricked him into playing, a, into oh. playing an MMO. Uh, all right. Um, so, there we go. Uh, welcome to Asmongold. Also, there's going to be a lot of new players, probably, that will start that you'll start to uh, run into. Be, if they're from WoW, wow, be nice. 
don't be like, don't try to shit on WoW just because they switch. You know how difficult it must be to switch games. I know we talked about this previously, but... Yeah. It, it, Stop showing me those videos, though, please. Right, that, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I don't need another WoW veteran reacts to a Realm Reborn opening cutscene. We've, you know, we've seen them. Um, but yeah, welcome. Uh, even there might be people watching now, possibly on YouTube, um that well we, well we talk about spoilers here so we yeah. do talk about spoilers here not today but you know uh be careful <laughs> the, the, we might talk about the spoiler stuff here uh come back when you finish the msq <laughs> uh all right um let's talk that let's move on from that I'm, i know it's happening right now we'll probably talk about it next week if something horrible happens um, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 14-hour uh, bro uh, broadcast um, has... Uh, um, sorry. The 14-hour broadcast schedule has been released on the Lodestone, uh, including some guest details. Uh, the 14-hour stream, of course, will take place on Saturday, July 10th. Um, and uh, that's at 1 a.m. GMT, 2 a.m. BST, 3 a.m. Central European time. That would be 6 p.m. Uh, no, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, I think, for... Which is technically a Friday still. Yeah, which is technically the 9th for North America. Okay. Uh, time. <laughs> this is the one we don't have to cover, though, right? Uh, well, it has a live... I mean, we have to cover... We do oh, have to cover the live letter. Ah, oh, shoot. Yeah, the live letter is uh, two. I mean, I don't know if you'll be there, although I think you might have work. Uh, yeah, two thirty. So that's uh, five, five thirty. Wait. Yeah. No, sorry, that's GMT. So BST. <sighs> so I have to jump two hours ahead. So that's three a.m. That's six, seven. It's 7.30. Time zone talk. Everyone's thinking. favorite stream content. <laughs> 7.30 on Friday, I can do that. Okay. That's that's okay. that's about the time I get home, unless there's an emergency. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, well, whoever's there will be there to cover the live letter. I can probably tell you right now, Mail is definitely not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, yeah, it starts, like I said, at 6. 7.30 is... Um, this is in Central... European time. We can't jump through all of these uh, time zones. So this will be Central European. So 7.30, letter from the producer live. 8, wait, 9. What? Wait. Central European You know what? Time. Yeah, that's two hours ahead from GMT. No one's using... G okay, let's use, use GMT since no one's using... Hello, Iceland. Uh, okay, let's use GMT. 1 a.m. This is the time that's here. It's when it, I just thought it's such a useless uh, time zone because no one's using it. One except for yeah, Iceland. but everyone Hello, does GMT plus or GMT minus. That's, yeah, that's how true. every other time that's zone true. is determined. All right, GMT. 1 a.m. is when it starts. Mm -hmm. 2:30. Letter from the producer live. 5 a.m. How do you like Heidelin? 6:30 or yeah, I would assume 6:30. Yeah, 6:30. Uh, live Q&A, 8.30, Sokin's play-by-play, and 10.30, our Tales of Adventure. Tw uh, sorry, 1 p.m., uh, Hiroyuki versus Yoshi P round 9. We'll get back to that. Um, uh, and there you go. <laughs> uh, 
let's go through uh, what the what we can expect. So the introduction at 1 a.m. GMT. That is uh, just, you know, it has my favorite photo, I will say, on the website with <laughs> Foxclon as a Sin Eater. That is my favorite picture, I think, You ever. always bring it up. I love like, it. It's great. It's so good because he looks uh, so weird and he looks confused yeah. for being there. And it's just everything's good about this picture. And it's another... It it's another excuse for Lakeel to include that picture of Foxconn yeah. in the thumbnail of the video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so a letter from the producer. Live. And you know what? He'll yeah. include it again next week when we actually cover the live <laughs> yeah. letter. Uh, okay, letter from the producer live, uh, part 65 at 2.30 a.m. GMT, which is the 65th installment of the letter from the producer live, which will review recently announced information for Endwalker. And, hmm? Uh, in the latter mm -hmm. half of the show, we will be joined by guest creators Yosuke Saito and Yoko Taro to look back on Yorha Dark Apocalypse, as well as answer questions from the official forums. Curious so, how that's going to turn out for what's mm, going to be discussed there. I can tell you right now we're going to get no answers, Rollo. Yeah. I know, but maybe once. Yoko Taro is just going to say random shit and reply uh, unrelated stuff. Uh, uh, Yosuke Saito yep. might be able to give some answers. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So it it says that the live letter will be about recently announced information for Endwalker. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. What information? Recently announced. So maybe we'll see more. Uh, maybe. I mean. Island Sanctuary. Maybe. I'm. <laughs> I feel like it's too early for that. Still. That's. That yeah, I think feel... it's too early. Yeah, because they said it's not launch. I know. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they're going to talk about. Maybe they'll all yeah, oh, benchmark. Wow. Is it already time for a benchmark? Wouldn't it be kind of oh, it's too early. So early. It's like four months yeah. still. That's true. Usually it's like, what, a month or two before launch? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be the next live letter after this one, likely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have wished them. Maybe we'll just get more details about... Um, maybe we'll see... We don't know what the first dungeon... Maybe the dungeons. Maybe there'll be a dungeon preview. Yeah. yeah Possibly, yeah. Um, we'll walk through a dungeon or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. It'll. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Um, the second half, I'm not so sure about. But you can submit... If you want... Don't submit... <laughs> submit questions on the official forums, but don't expect any good answers. Because <laughs> remember, who's going to answer them. Um, all right. Um... Uh, at 5 a.m., how do you like Heidelin, which is a lore panel with... Uh, uh, no, it's not actually. Oh. What is this? Oh, sorry. In this gameplay this segment, Captain Takeda and Gunisaka will be undertaking the challenge of learning blue magic. Just going to straight up like have a stream? <laughs> They're just going to stream a game? They're doing uh, Blue Man Group. They're taking our I idea. Mean, They're stealing from us again. <laughs> I cannot believe it. I mean, if there's a wheel of doom, I swear to the 12. <laughs> I mean, I think they're just leveling Cease and or getting skills. Cease and desist. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, these two are the ones that do most of the community stuff in Japan, I think. Mm, okay. So, it's yeah. like, um, what's our version? What's our... Um, Judy commence. It's like that. Yeah. Except, oh. I don't know, I more see. popular? <laughs> <laughs> just just that O. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Mm -hmm. Have fun with that. 
anyways, after that, uh, 6.30 a.m. Uh, live Q&A. Uh, is it going to be another Zoom Zoom uh, Q&A, everyone? When are we going to be on the Zoom Q&A? I'm going to apply. I mean, I'm going to ask some questions. I mean, you can. This is Japan only, oh, Rollo. Uh, oh, Rollo, crack. Ah. Uh, so done, uh, Daisuke 14 des. Uh, I don't think they would say that. Neko, Tori, Inu. Um, all right. Uh, producer and director Naoki Yoshida will be answering questions posed by uh, live by players. We may be able to hear his replies to a wide variety of inquiries, including burning questions, popular topics, heartwarming experiences, and more. Please ask him about his heartwarming experiences. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, so that's uh, hosted by Yoshida and uh, Foxclan. Uh, Soken's play-by-play is at 8.30, um, which uh, is a, let's see, sound director Masayoshi Soken provides an, uh, insight and commentary as we take a closer look at background music from Final Fantasy XIV. We're in for a wild but informative ride through some of your favorite tracks. Presented by Soken and uh, Kazuyoshi Mochizuki. I don't know who that is, but... No, I'm not sure who that is either. This is probably the one that I'm most excited for. Mm. Because this is kind of what I wanted the behind-the-scenes episode of Shadowbringers about sound design to be about. And then it ended up being about sound design. Isn't that which what is we... Yeah, we talked about this. We which is still to... interesting, mm-hmm. but it's like... I wanted it to be about the music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. Uh, after that, 10.30, um, we'll be joined by special guests who are big fans of Final Fantasy XIV. Hear them recount their tales and experiences as warriors of light, which you may find to be quite similar to your own. Uh, so there's One some... time I wiped on Titan because I fell off. Yeah. Anyone yeah. relate to that one, fellas? Mm, yeah. Hashtag relatable, Rollo. Um, so there's some, uh, I'm, I'm a big, sorry, I'm far away from the microphone. Ooh. All right. Oh, it's, <laughs> just look at that XLR cable. It's just dangling. Thank God it's like clipped on. So it, it, it can't, <laughs> I'm going to fuck up this microphone. So precarious. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, there's some celebrities here. I'm assuming, um, I can tell that they're, I can tell that there are celebrities because sometimes they are just listed with one name. That's how you know they're Japanese mm-hmm. uh, celebrities. Um, all right, so there, there's a lot of those. And then the mystery segment, which, I mean, apparently isn't a mystery segment, but okay. They, pres- they present it as if we should know what they're talking about. Yeah. Hiroyuki versus Yoshi P round nine. Where and are the then- other rounds? Rollo, that's the question, because it says... Almost five years since round eight was held in 2016, Hiroyuki and Yoshi P meet once again in this special talk session to cover a wide range of topics. It's a great picture of Hiroyuki, whoever he is. Yeah, yeah, there's a picture of him next to like a pharaoh bust. It's, a sphinx. Is it going to be yeah. like the view, but with like Yoshi P and Hiroyuki, and just like Whoopi Goldberg just talking about the news in the morning? Like, what? I get. I. I thought I was very informed on, on what's happened in 14, the, you know, over the years. I have no memory of this ever happening. And apparently it's happened eight times in the past. Uh, I mean, so. the last time it happened was in the first year of Speakers. I don't know how closely you are following 
Whatever this is. <laughs> That's true. I don't know where it would have been held. Was it like... Was it part of a 14-hour stream? Or well, was it part of its own unique stream? I have no idea. Well, I this is the luck. seventh. This is the seventh fourteen-hour stream, though. So yeah, they wouldn't all have happened in fourteen-hour streams. Yeah, but it's happened eight. So this happened last. So on the first ever fourteen-hour stream, they played the eighth round of this. Was that the first one? Wait, five, four, three. No, sorry, two years. So wait, we've had seven. 14-hour streams every year, right? So they go back seven years. However, round eight was held in 2016. That's four years ago. Five. If anyone watching this in the YouTube comments has any explanation as to what Hiroyuki versus Yoshi P was and is, hmm. please let us know because... We do not. No, <laughs> it was a compilation clip. I just want to. I just. Thing. I just want to say the point is this hasn't been a fourteen-hour stream thing uh, always. This has been held somewhere else. This has been part of something else before the fourteen. It was, it was part of the mahjong tournament. Then you see it. Shut we up. We didn't stop. <laughs> stop. You're so offended. We don't. Because we, do <laughs> we didn't have mahjong five years ago. Saying right? things. Is which is just confusing. <laughs> My brain. How would, how would you believe that it was like, yeah, it's at the Mahjong tournament? Well, I know, because you caused the keel to malfunction. That's why I told you to be quiet. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yes. Also, for those watching live, I'm noticing now, the Twitch is struggling a little Ooh. because of what's happening. So that might be doing things. Um <laughs> So yes. Anyways, uh, there you go. That's um, that's the fourteen-hour stream. I'm definitely looking forward to Hiroyuki versus Yoshi P round nine. I've been waiting five years for this moment, mm. uh, and I the epic wait. conclusion. Yeah, the or con penultimate continuation. I don't know. <sighs> There's no evidence that this is anywhere near to the end of this lovely and well-known series. True. <laughs> It's going to be a family blood feud at this point. Mm, mm. Okay, uh, in other news, the soundtrack for Final Fantasy XIV Patch 5.x series uh, will go on sale on September 15th, 2021. New melodies set the stage for our heroes as they embark on their next adventure. Experience the adventures once more in this Blu-ray music disc album that collects 84 songs from Patch 5.1 through 5.5. There you go. Five Point X series album uh, coming out September. I love, playing, I love playing my Blu-ray discs in my car CD player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know anyone who still has like a cassette player in their car? I do. Really? Yeah, my last car had one. I don't my know. car is from 1999. Oh, yeah. so you still have? Well, you actually still have a cassette player. I mean, I bought I bought this car from an old woman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I would car... I would guess by '99 they still kind of had cassette players in the cars. Yeah, yeah. Any, any car from before like 2008 still has one. I had a car from before 2008. No, I had yeah. a car from 2001, no. and I had a I've never had I, a car with yeah. a cassette player. 
Yeah, my yeah. mother had a car that was post-2000 and didn't have a cassette player. <laughs> <laughs> I think CD players started becoming more standard around 2000, yeah. I think. That's when they, yeah. So Georgi's car is like just from like the moment when they were yeah. starting to switch over. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's nice three. though. I really wish I had a cassette player because at, just... It's the only cassette player I have. Yeah. So you have to go into your car to listen to... I mean, why would you listen to cassettes? But it's... I don't know, I always like the idea of cassettes because I like the the chunky sound when you start playing it, like <laughs> the, the noise when you have like a bad cassette or a bad cassette player. Love that. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, um, and they're like VHS, but not. Like <laughs> but not tiny, tiny oh, yeah. visual VHS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, look, my two thousand five CRV has. A cassette player. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm sure they had cassette players as well up until, you know, probably 2010 for all I know. Mm. But I think CD started to be more standardized around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, that as well. Yeah. 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 There will always be like this overlap period. All right. Um, so that is the uh, soundtrack. Blu-ray. Get it they in your car now. No, <laughs> not given us the track list yet. No, but all, as always, they give you the MP3 as well, right? For Blu-ray. Yes, yeah. you get the MP3s alongside it. They don't expect you to rip your Blu-ray to get yeah, the songs off of it. Give your Blu-ray drive in your computer case, oh. which really don't put bay drives anymore. No. Nope. God, yeah, how would you even this, do think, that? That sounds horrible, yeah. I think I said this the last time we talked about the soundtrack, the Shadowbringers soundtrack. The only reason I still have a Blu-ray drive on my old desktop is for this express purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. Oh, God. No, we don't have time for this, but just as a just a boomer memory, it's like rem I had, like, um, an iPod, you know, with the wheel, like, old-time one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you ha you ha I had uh, CDs, albums, and then I would take them out, put them in my computer, open iTunes, and then I would one rip them one. and I would add them to the library. And then I had to manually yeah. add the, the album art because th that mm. took like a, like days to like get but correct. So satisfying. Like, I, yeah, it was very satisfying when I was done. Like, <laughs> whoa, I have this library now, but fuck that. Like in retrospect, say, horrible. Yeah. iTunes did eventually start to learn to re to look online well, and find the album art for you. Well, Sometimes they'd be like, ah, yeah, this vaguely looks like this is probably the right <laughs> one. And then it just puts like some country, like just some random art on it. That one's, yeah. yeah. Also, oh, hated oh. when you ripped discs because they added that system where they would like listen to the track and then they would find all the information. But sometimes they'd just go, this is various artists. And then mm -hmm. it has no idea what it's looking for. It's like, okay, just pick something random, I guess. Um, all right. Anyways, fuck various artists. Worst thing ever. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's jump into uh, one uh, interview uh, first. This is just a piece of an interview. This is from PC Mag. Uh, it's got some interesting stuff about Endwalker here. Um, so... Um, Let's just jump into it. PC Mag. Uh, Parts of Endwalker's marketing draws heavily on the game's Final Fantasy IV connections. What other Final Fantasy classics would the team like to put their own spin on? Oh yeah, this is also an interview with Yoshi P, of course. Um, Yoshida says, This question actually comes up quite a bit. 
but truthfully speaking, we actually don't plan or decide beforehand when it comes to including elements from other titles in the series. It is a very straightforward workflow. We first devise the unadulterated Final Fantasy XIV main scenario, and from there, we discuss which content we may want to tie into that story. In most cases, once the content is shaped to a certain extent, our team members will bring up proposals for certain integrations or uh, homages if something springs to mind that could be incorporated well. Uh, honestly, there are rarely any cases in which we decided uh, from the very initial stages to incorporate elements from other Final Fantasy titles. One exception is the Crystal Tower. When we were in development for A Realm Reborn, this was one element that I had decided on from the very beginning. That was in part due to negative feedback we received from players <laughs> that Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 wasn't very Final Fantasy series-like, along with the concept we had of wanting to make uh, A Realm Reborn a kind of fan service title. Furthermore, I feel like we generally see early inspiration to incorporate certain Final Fantasy elements for high difficulty raids in particular. This is because players can expect epic monsters and adventures um, readily conceivable by any Final Fantasy uh, fan, which acts as a strong marketing element for that content. We chose Bahamut for the first raid, Alexander for the second, then Omega made its appearance, with Eden being the inspiration for the following raid. And next will be Pandemonium. What's uh, to come after this is locked away in my mind, so it will remain a secret. Laughs. His mind palace. Yeah. It's so funny <laughs> that he's like, all right, you guys don't, it's not fucking Final Fantasy enough. All right, take the, the stupid crystal tower. There you mm -hmm. go. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's just like your favorite Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because it could have, I feel like, I, I I agree that, you know, he probably, I mean, he he's probably telling the truth here, but Crystal Tower was also very heavily hinted at in 1.0. So it mm -hmm. was, it, even though it was never explicitly stated, like there's all this crystal shit, remember Asande's tomb in, in mm -hmm. 1.0? I mean, probably would have gone down. He had to follow up on it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Crystal Tower been in 1.0. I mean, we know where it was, but where would they have put it on the map? There's a very, so... What I think they would have done is, um, when you look at Zonde's tomb, it looks like it was going to be more like how it was revealed in um, 3, where you have all this cave stuff. Like, there's all this cave, this labyrinth, to essentially, that mm -hmm. leads to the Crystal Tower. Uh, it, I always wanted it to be, like, underground Crystal Tower, because that's sort of what it was hinted at. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eric? His name is Eric, right? The monk guy. I think he, mm -hmm. he talked about, like, oh, there is something underneath. There's something down there. Um, and we know that it just popped up after the Calamity. But it would have been cool to visit the Crystal Tower, like, when it's underground. Um, but, yeah. The cool site. Yeah. But you don't get the cool visual of just having it in the overworld. That's mm. always kind of a... Yeah, that's true. Thing too. Yeah. I've never thought about it. I want to know if anyone's eyes were upon the Crystal Tower as it sprung forth that must have from been the grounds of Mordona. Terrifying. <laughs> Uh, I think Mordona in general was quite terrifying during the Calamity, though. Very, cl I mean, mm -hmm. Cardinal Flats is there. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, Camp it's Revenant's Toll was destroyed. The Etherite <laughs> just fucking exploded. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty, it must have been a fucking, oh, God. Just minding your business. Imagine. <laughs> the yeah, did people. anyone in Mordona survive? Don't the know. Calamity, actually? <laughs> must have been fucking a bloodbath. Um, yeah, horrible. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's uh, interesting. Um, 
So they never go. Oh, that's right. Yeah, go on. The giants do witness it, and that's why they worship it. The um, true. What are they called? Gigas. The yeah, the gigas. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should I ask them about there. There, they. Mm. We have never interacted with them that much. No. I feel like no, <laughs> they're just there chilling more donut apparently. Because they're yeah, because they're... their god is there. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. What did they do before that? Confused, mm. lost, lost, looking for, for a god. Uh, looking for a god, a purpose. Are we all? Mm -mm. Um, okay. So, um, that's that. Uh, let's move on to the second one. The new cities, Radzad Han and Thavnir, represent new architectural and uh, aesthetic styles for the art team. What made these choices interesting for the team? Uh, Yoshida says, First and foremost, Radzad Han and Thavnir have been mentioned throughout the Final Fantasy XIV story on multiple occasions. Because of this, we had already decided on many aspects of these areas, such as char characteristics of the local population, their political and religious beliefs, as well as a general idea of cultural aesthetic. For Endwalker, the team dove even deeper into the characteristics and setting and realizing those elements visually. In Final Fantasy XIV, we generally draw upon references from various cultural uh, regions that exist in the real world. We took inspiration in a similar fashion, and we decided upon the current design after del deliberation and discussion on referential artwork, while also making sure to bring forth our own originality. Once you have finished the Endwalker story, I hope you will explore every nook of this area and see the great thought and effort we put into creating the culture of this region. Yeah, I, I wonder why they never directly say yeah this era was inspired by this because i wonder yeah. if yeah <laughs> i wonder if it's because they like mix them like it, they uh, do but yeah. like there's still like a primary influence that's true that is true um yeah because it would be i don't know it'd just be interesting to be like yeah we got yeah, rented it, hand it would them. yeah it would be nice to know where yeah where specifically these things are coming from yeah um and yeah, uh, Radzad Han looks very different from what we have in 14 right now. Uh, mm -hmm. So Very colorful. A little, almost garish, but I, I, yeah, I like it. I will say, I like the, it. the first time I saw, like, that one, the first screenshot of Radzad Han, I think it's, like, with the dock and, like, a, there's, like, the, some sort of, there's this green water. And then this, I thought, this looks like a screenshot from Final Fantasy XI. For a second, the, I will say 14, I, 14 looks nice, right? Mm. But it's getting old. And I think that first screenshot with all those colors made the shading look so off. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> this looks very mm. old. Um, I, but that was an early screenshot. They did say that things yeah. are going to change. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, it was just a... I was worried <laughs> when I saw that first screenshot. I'm like, ooh, I'm playing a very old game, aren't I? Um, mm, Boomer <laughs> Games, 14, sorry. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, that is uh, the uh, P PC Mag interview, uh, Yoshi P. Uh, there is more. There are more questions uh, in the interview, but it's like it's about Reaper and Male Vieira, and mm -hmm. we've kind of had our fill of that. By yeah. now, if you're curious, just go read them. Yeah, we put the link in there. Yes, 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 yes. If you're watching on demand, link is in the um, description. Okay, uh, main story. Uh, we are jumping into the interview by F uh, Fanbyte. 
Um, so, uh, headline, Final Fantasy director... Sorry, he's not the director of Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy fourteen director, Naoki... Actually, didn't Final Fantasy get, like, a new brand guy? Is there, like... I guess the, the there was a new guy... Oh, sorry, I'm derailing, but I've just remembered it's... it now. I just... The next time they pick a new head of Final Fantasy, I think Yoshida is a good candidate. Just... It makes him Mr. Final, Final Fantasy. Yeah. I think he's a good candidate, but I don't think now Not is yet. the time. I think Not he's yet. way too busy. They should pick someone. I mean, the, someone just got the new job. So someone, so, so they mm. have to wait until he's like, I don't know. Is it for Lord life? Retired? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Anyways. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV director Naoki Yoshida speaks about FanFest, Yoshida's skin color changes, and NPC dating. So you know we're in for a, for a ride here. Uh, oh, as... As, loaded <laughs> mm -hmm, as well as pandemic challenges your how, favorite how the twinning performance came to be and masayoshi soken's cancer so oh i'm ready i'm ready for a roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go <clears throat> since taking up the mantle uh, as final fantasy 14's director and producer uh, there, uh, sorry, just quickly. Uh, current Final Fantasy brand manager is Yoshinori Kitase. That's the guy, right? There you go. There you go, YouTube comments. Uh, since taking up the mantle as Final Fantasy XIV's director and producer, there have been many difficult and busy moments in Naoki Yoshida's life. More than once, he felt he was facing his biggest challenge yet. Looking at what I'm doing now, it's even more busy, he tells Fanbyte in an interview following the 2021 Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival, an annual convention held digitally for the first time earlier this month. Annual. Yeah, again with this annual stuff. This is not the first uh, time we've read this in an interview. Um, that's, f I mean, it's okay. It's just, they missed a little. <laughs> the, uh, what would we call it? A biannual? Biannual? Yeah. Here's have you ever thought about this? Biannual can mean two things. It can That's mean every oh, two years yeah. or twice in one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. English sucks. We need better words. Yeah, you do. Um, okay. Uh, it just exceeds anything uh, that I had imagined. The event had plenty to share about Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker, the new expansion coming out in the fall, and the future of the MMORPG. But Final Fantasy XIV players adore FanFest for much more than just the game. FanFest is just as much, if not even more so, about the people involved with the title. And despite the consistency and quality of the work players see, the ongoing pandemic has proved difficult for the development team. Perhaps the biggest challenge has been its effect on the team's mentality, changing the workflow to accommodate the circumstances, updating the rules by which the team abides, that was all doable, but people's feelings and how they adapted to the pandemic couldn't be rushed. Some were quicker than others, and Yoshida's role as leader m means he's had to be conscious of this. Ideally, people would be able to switch quickly and be encouraged whenever people are like, oh well, there's nothing we can do. In this pandemic, we just need to accommodate and just switch gears and press forward, he says. But some people required the time to get adjusted, and they may not have had as high a motivation to keep moving forward. And I totally understand, or I feel like I understand, those people. It's totally understandable that people go at their own pace. Looking back, I think dealing with that was one of the major factors that affected this past year. Even though it has been challenging, the team has been able to find many moments of joy and are happy to share them with the community. One of the best moments of FanFest was the performance of A Long Fall by the Primals, with several staff members recreating a famous dancing meme on stage. That was great. 
um, there was a video that um, someone of someone showing the guy, the meme guy, mm -hmm. the dad. Yeah, the original guy. Yeah, yeah. You got to mean to watch that video. Yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> um, he was excited. Yes, yes, I love that. Um, okay, check it out. I don't know what it's called, but uh, you'll find it. Like just showing long fall dance man. I think it's something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Um, as it turns out, Final Fantasy XIV composer Masayoshi Soken came up with the idea. Of course. Uh, Soken and the Primals saw the meme and wanted to recreate it. They had a music video that they had a chance to make, so they did the performance by themselves and wanted to bring that to the stage during FanFest, says Yoshida. But you wouldn't be able to carry your instruments and also dance, so I think that's why we wanted to have those back, 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 up, back dancers supporting us. Um, mm. We had a meeting with the people who are involved and responsible for planning FanFest, says uh, FoxClan. Um, Final Fantasy XIV's global community producer and one of the dancers in the performance. By the time the leads responsible for planning FanFest had convened to discuss the stage, Moriuchi says that it was already determined he would be one of the dancers. The conversation became more about the remaining three dancers, while Moriuchi would be the member with the green shirt. It's almost scary how some of these ideas that are just floating by become actual things, laughs Moriuchi. I want to be careful when we're discussing things with Yoshida-san. I just smile and nod. <laughs> um, Yoshida says the performance was a showcase of the team's philosophy behind everything they do. Uh, we love seeing the players getting happy and excited. The smiles on your faces are what we love to see, he says. We feel that the players are our friends and our allies that we kind of build this game together with. So whenever there is some kind of idea to do something that's fun or exciting, and that's not just for fan festival, but with any game content... Sorry, what? So whenever there is some kind of idea to do something that's fun or exciting, and that's not just for fan festival, but with any game content. So I don't think it's a matter of which meme we want to pick. I think it's more about, is it fun or not? Does it make people enjoy it or not? If we do decide to do it, then we'll do it with a full force and we'll give it our all. So we might not know what the next thing is going to be. Foxclon might be practicing backflips, you know? <laughs> God, that would be the day. I don't think that's a safe idea. <laughs> Fox doing backflips. Um, Yo, do a flip. I want to see him do a flip. <laughs> uh, all right. But FanFest wasn't just full of funny and lovely moments like the aforementioned stage or Soken's unforgettable live performance of Civilizations, the Shadowbringers track that sparked the Lahi meme. It can, that is... So, uh, the most iconic thing I think has ever happened in any <laughs> fan fest ever. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think about it so much. Yeah. It, it, I think <laughs> about that. I think about her face yeah. too. Keiko's face. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. It's so good. It's so good. Um, it contained genuine moments of connection, including a particularly emotional one for both developers and fans. At the end of FanFest, Soken and Yoshida revealed Soken had battled cancer for the last year and is nearing, nearing full remission. Even the majority of the people he worked closely with, like main scenario writer Natsuko Ishikawa, had no clue. When Soken first told Yoshida about his condition, he requested to have his workflow unaffected, with, without special treatment. Creating music for the players to enjoy was his motivation to fight the battle. Yoshida was hesitant as a boss, leader, and friend. Did I really want him to just continue to work as he was before he got sick? Or should I go in and pull the work out of his hands so that he can concentrate on his treatment? That is the part where I was very torn, he continues. 
When battling cancer, I understand that it helps to have a very strong goal in front of you. So I felt that allowing him to do his best work to do to the best extent possible and to support that was my job. I went and discussed with our CEO to see if there was any way we could make accommodations for him. I asked if there was any way we could set up a work environment for him in his hospital room. And our CEO was gracious enough to allow it as a company. And he was willing to provide us full backup for his purpose. That's cool. But yeah. I'm, I wonder how the hospital felt about having all yeah, this equipment. I feel like that was a... Yeah. Ooh, that's... Yeah, it was, it was weird when they built the recording studio in his room. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> just a big studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, the pandemic meant he couldn't visit Sokin in a hospital. During meetings over during meetings over Zoom, Yoshida could see Sokin's hair and eyebrows were falling out. You may not have noticed it, but when he was on stage at FanFest, he was actually wearing a, vi uh, a wig, he said. Uh, not all of his hair has grown back completely. There was a lot of struggle because it was hard to see all that. Yeah, that's... Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, uh, that's hard to see your friend go through. Yeah. Just... Horrible. Uh, fans around the world cried with Yoshida as he discussed the pain of seeing his best friend suffer and the relief of seeing him back and ready for their next adventure together. I asked Yoshida why they ultimately decided to speak about it on stage. He tells me Sokin revealing his fight with cancer was something they had talked about, but he didn't actually decide on doing it until the day before FanFest. One of the big goals that Sokin wanted to set for himself was to be able to come back on stage as a member of the Primals band, Yoshida says. He wanted to tell the players that, because of the players' support, he was able to come back to the stage. He wanted to show and express his gratitude on stage. When they were rehearsing the day before the event, Yoshida wanted to check in, so he called him aside and asked whether performing on stage as the Primals was something he was still comfortable doing. Sokin reaffirmed his decision, and so it was decided. Yoshida told him, you can go before my final remarks in the closing ceremonies and we can let people know. Let's show our gratitude together. It was more about conveying our thanks to the players, Yoshida says. That was the biggest thing that we wanted to do. There you go. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else to add to this. Like, was we all, no. We've all watched it probably several times mm -hmm. now. Yeah, uh, it's... Heart wrenching. We yeah. definitely talked about it. You know how we feel about it too. But <clears throat> yeah, the, um, yeah, it's we're so lucky to have Sokin. I think. Yes, we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, as a journalist, one of the many things I appreciate uh, about Yoshida is his thoughtfulness when answering questions, even if they're difficult. One such question I've had for a long time is about Yoshida's skin color. Over time, community members, particularly in the West, have noticed that Yoshola's skin color has become lighter as the expansions have progressed. It's an observation that has caused concern and hurt among some players. As one of those players, I asked, sorry, sorry. Oh, as one of those players, I asked Yoshida for his input. He spent almost 20 minutes answering it, so I'd like to convey his answer to the community as clearly as possible. Like the material from the interview included in the rest of this article, it has been slightly edited for clarity. All right, here we go. Uh, it's a sensitive matter, um, uh, but there are different ways in which people do interpret this, and it might be hurtful to certain people, he says. And I understand that certain people might take it a certain way and be hurt in the way we depict certain things. Uh, but I do want to assure you that we do not have any sort of ill intent. He begins by explaining Yostola's look in 1.0. 
in which her skin tone was much lighter. At the time, the team had to revamp the graphics engine, including the lighting system, on a tight schedule for A Realm Reborn. As a result, he feels the team wasn't able to create a new look for her or shine the spotlight on her enough as one of the game's key characters. That's why, in Heavensward, all the members of the Scions, including Yashtola, had a costume change. We were able to allocate the resources to update their look, he says. So with Yashtola, we changed up her hair a little bit. Thancred also went through some major changes. These changes were also addressed in the most recent live letter. Oh. We tried to bring out... Papa Lima. Papa Lima. He never never got the costume upgrade, see? Oh, that's so true. What are those stupid gauntlets over that maze? Yeah. Oh, Papa Lima, I miss you. I don't know why I miss you, but I do. I I think you were dumb dirty. I th- I think I think because he never changed his appearance, he feels like one of the few connections to 1.0. Yeah, so. yeah. We yeah. had too many lalas. Sorry. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh my we God, replaced that's why they did one. It. We got a new one. Yeah, that's why. That's why they did it. They're like, okay, we want to add a new lala, but there are too many lalas. We need to get rid of one. <laughs> they tried to get rid of the sultana. <laughs> like, we just, no, she's too too big. Bring her back. Uh, all right. Uh, we tried to bring out the energetic and outgoing aspect of Yashtola with her costume, as well as her hair, says Yoshida. In order to further that de- depiction more, we tried to make her skin a little bit more tanned. She's more sun-kissed. That was a choice that we made in her updated look. Same goes for Thancred, too. He would go through a survival period. He was out in the wild, so we gave him that rugged look with the sun-kissed tone as well. So, sun-kissed. Sounds... Weird, it's a weird Gross. way to describe someone's yeah. skin. I'm sun-kissed. I sure they have the word a word for tan in Japan, but right. I don't know. I don't know sun-kissed. if this is a more accurate translation. So yeah. romantic. I'm gonna go outside and get sun-kissed, boys. Um, so, <laughs> so you're stola. You don't get sun-kissed. You get burnt. <laughs> no, I get sun-kissed. I get sun-kissed. Oh, I am, brother gets I am burnt, one sorry. of the I am one of the lucky ones that don't get red immediately. <laughs> Uh, okay. So I can get no sun kissed. Uh, no lobster here, boys. <laughs> well, actually, I can be out like <laughs> twenty minutes, sun kissed. Twenty one minutes, Sorry. lobster. <laughs> Sorry, just chat. Bring up sun kisses, <laughs> orange soda. Yeah, it is. I love yeah. that soda. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sun kiss yeah. is no. I prefer Fanta. She would. Uh, all right. I'm just imagining the sun having like a big long mouth going on. <laughs> I've been sun kissed. Uh, all right. So, uh, Yustola has started out a bit more fair skinned and then sort of darkened. Throughout the narrative of Heavensward, it takes place primarily in the Kurthus area, the snowy lands, and so a lot of the light is definitely very white in color, he continues. So, we did have to make adjustments so that we can still show Yustola in the updated look that we had given her with the skin tone. And we wanted to depict the change of the character, as in, like, how they change from a more pale look to a more vibrant sun-kissed look. In Shadowbringers... So using this term. Sun-kissed. <laughs> in Shadowbringers, the soul of the Scions were removed out of their physical bodies and then traveled to the first, while their bodies remained in the source the whole time. For the Yashtola that was in the realm of the first, we had created her as sort of Metoya's embodiment for that narrative, Yoshida explains. But at the same time, the physical body was resting back in the rising stones, and they were in a room where there's not a lot of sunlight that came in, 
so any tan would kind of go away. I wanted to make sure, when we were depicting these characters, that they're not stuck in time. They're living characters. We don't want them to stay the same all throughout. I don't think that would be the best for the characters. Yoshida says he would love for the players to focus more on the subtle changes that are being applied to these characters and hopes they can look at it from a more fair perspective. Of course, at one point, we did make their skin tone more tanned, he says, but we're not trying to whiten it for the sake of whitening. I wish that players are able to see it on a much longer span because there was a time when Yoshtola was even paler. He clarifies he isn't angry at the situation or trying to place blame on anybody for their reaction. I just feel it is very unfortunate. This is a video game, and so I think the biggest this is a video game, and so I think the biggest purpose of it is to enjoy and have fun within its realm. And with Final Fantasy XIV, my hope for the players is that they're not sort of bound by real life situations or stipulations. That's the kind of philosophy that goes behind creating the various content that goes into the game. Same goes for the Ceremony of Eternal Bonding. That one does not question your race, nor gender, or sex for two people to be bonded together. It's intentionally designed that way. So I hope that players don't ex uh, excerpt one single sort of instance and are discouraged by it. I feel it's such a waste for our players to be discouraged from a singular instance, he continues. It's such a large world to enjoy. I'm sorry if I'm being very blunt and frank about this, but I have tried to explain it to the best of my abilities, that, what went behind it and the reasoning. And even then, I think it's just, it just boils down to, I wish people would just enjoy and have fun in this game. And I hope that this message gets conveyed to all those players that do wonder sometimes. Final Fantasy XIV is... Are we... Still going, yeah. Final He's still talking about oh, yeah. it. Final yeah. Fantasy XIV is a global game, so I felt it was important to ask about something fans, especially people of color, have taken in numerous ways and long requested his pers perspective on. At the same time, I wanted to be conscious of cultural differences, so I tell him I understand racism and colorism are handle handled differently in Japan than North America or Europe. Yoshida respectfully disagrees, believing that might be a preconceived notion. You and I are the same, he tells me. We are people of color as well. He shares with me his own experiences with racism, remembering the times people would look at him strangely or say things that are hurtful in America or, and Europe. With that in mind, he wants the community to under understand that the development team is not being insensitive to matters of race or color. I understand that it is very hurtful, he said. We're not immune to that. Uh, none of us are immune to that. We are thinking about it and trying to be as considerate as we can, and we are trying to be serious about it. So if there are any nuances that might have been perceived as us, the Final Fantasy XIV development team, taking this issue lightly in any way, please understand that is not our intention. He adds that if there are any sort of misunderstandings, we do want to be mindful that moving forward we'll be mindful of that moving forward, and I think it is meaningful that we were able to talk about it and have this discussion. I hope we can clear up the misconceptions. That's the end of that. Okay, there's, there's another one after right. that. Okay. So get, this, this is where we can sit and talk about it, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, All right. Okay. Where to start with this? <laughs> um, uh, it's difficult. Um, it, I've been thinking about this interview for a very, very, very long time since it came out. And at first, I honestly didn't want to talk about it. Uh, just because I didn't want the trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know if you guys know, but usually when people of color or any kind of people point out these kind of issues in media, 
people get very, very defensive and accusatory and they'll kind of talk down to you about it as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do my best to choose my words carefully and being mindful that this is still just a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope that you guys will at least come to this conversation with an open mind Yes. Uh, about what you know, some of us might say. Mm-hmm. Um, so as for the skin color thing, um, I should say for my background, I am Afro-Caribbean. I'm not African-American, <laughs> it's different, uh, but I'm still black, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and as one of those kind of people, sometimes you'll notice these kind of things in media uh, that some other people might not. And mm-hmm. that's fine, you know? I. I don't expect we'll kill to know everything I have to deal with right. you know, in day to day. I don't, I don't think he has to know that sometimes people look at me weird when I wear a backpack into a store because they think I'm going to steal stuff. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But um, when it comes to this, it, it, this actual skin color thing for your Stola, it's very minor. It's literally two shades different. Right. If if you knew, then you knew. Um, if you didn't, then you, you wouldn't even know unless someone pointed it out to you. Right. And I'm not not blaming anybody for that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's indicative of a very much larger issue uh, with the game, and that it really it, it sincerely does have a colorism issue. And I'm not accusing anybody on the dev team or even any players here of being racist or colorist uh, for this. Uh, I, I do think this is kind of a poor response, uh, unfortunately. And I don't think they set out to, <laughs> I don't think they wrote on the whiteboard, how can be, we be racist in 14, right. this expansion? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think that was intention. I think it's just more like, hey, how, how, how good do these colors look in the composition of this art piece or in the yeah. game or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like, you, if you really start looking at it, like, and I, I've told the speakers in private, too, um, you, you really notice some stuff. Like, there's no dark skin characters um, in the main 14 cast. Like, the, the mm. like the Scions, let's just, just say Scions. Right. Um, there was Louis Swa, but mm-hmm. he was killed off. Um, Louis Wai is interesting because yeah. Louis Wai is clearly black, uh, but yeah. as you go down or, the line, yeah, yeah, or yeah, uh, yeah, as you go down the line, they get suspiciously, you know, <laughs> yeah, fairer skinned uh, <laughs> until you get to his grandchildren who are just white, right? Yeah, um, same thing with Lise, her dad was <laughs> extremely dark, yes. <laughs> very very dark um and i'm not saying it doesn't happen in real life i right. mean that clearly mm. does mm-hmm. uh sometimes but it does kind of like it really just rubs you the wrong way sometimes of being it's, like the yeah. least thing is particularly strange because because her father was designed after she was yes and yes 
there's then there's the whole problem of like this like white character coming to the rescue of a primarily dark-skinned nation yeah but like they they didn't have to go the extra step of making her incongruous with her own parent (laughs) it's um it's it's kind of fucked up (laughs) and i think it's a little like when i say it's being talked down to i unfortunately kind of think in this interview some of the critics uh of or saying this kind of thing or just people in general Hmm. are being talked down to a little bit because i i'm not japanese i've never lived in japan uh maybe i'll visit one day i don't know Hmm. i don't know what japanese people deal with i absolutely believe that he was people he was terrible things which had to him and whatever western um place he was at the time but there are darker skinned japanese people and i don't mean like you know african people that moved or to japan i mean there are just japanese people with darker skin mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's a colorism thing very much especially in a lot of east asian countries that's that like that's a fact yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and it feels kind of bad to say that um it, it feels like he's just kind of brushing it off as if like it's not really like you know we're the same i i mean yes well we don't go th- we don't go through some of the same prejudices and um, experience the same kind of um, injustices or, or uh, racist stuff. Uh, not saying that this is bad um, or that he's a shit person. Again, this is still 14 is one of my favorite games. Uh, I still love it a lot, even even with this. And again, I'm not accusing them of being the worst person known to man. Right. Uh, but conflating this too with like some of the LGBT representation representation in game also feels kind of not a great thing to say. Mm-hmm. Just going like, mm, don't pay attention to the skin color stuff. I mean, come on, you know, we have you you can be gay in this mm-hmm. game. That's great. And like mm-hmm. that that is great. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm so glad that's the thing. But it being brushed to the side because of that. Yeah. It feels really bad and I don't know it it's complicated. I'm I'm sorry if I'm not making too much sense like no, it makes sense. Been thinking for a while. I agree cuz I I noticed it when I read it again now. Like he starts off like on the right track, but then he gets very defensive just like you said in the beginning like he gets defensive at the end. Like he's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. but you can be gay." It's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, but the, that's cool." That's not yeah um, <laughs> we can have we can ask for both and yeah. have them too yeah mm-hmm. um and stuff like yeah representation does matter mm-hmm. uh i'm not saying i can't relate to a character because you know they're white or lighter skinned in game uh mm-hmm. but it does kind of suck to play the game and you see like darker skin characters or like minority coded characters kind of get brushed aside pretty often yeah we kind of saw that with Harnveld almost where mm-hmm. you know he comes in it's real cool he does his thing he gets saved by the white lady and now he's kind of sidelined in a wheelchair mm-hmm. again that could that could totally change and this is just one example but um it does kind of suck yeah. and um did I, me- did I mention the patch art thing the the what <laughs> the patch art thing no you haven't the one with Gaius. no yes so, well just in general so that one another thing yeah. Yeah. So 
again, something you might not notice if you're white or just don't look at this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can look at the patch art. They don't like putting darker skinned people usually in it. There's um, Louis Swap in the Rum Reborn one, like the red one. Yeah. Um, there's Gaius who became very ghostly pale yes. in, uh, was it Prelude? Prelude and Violet. Yeah. Yeah, there's that one. And then just recently we got Raubon. So it's kind of crazy that it took that long yeah. <laughs> almost. Yeah. And I'm not saying you gotta make the entire entire patchwork with darker skinned people or anything. It's just it feels like a real weak point to the game mm. sometimes. It's yeah, I think what you're like it's like they're they're avoiding them in a way, and then when if they're forced to put them in, they're like, "How about we we brighten that up a little bit, just a mm. little?" Yeah, because Gaius, I think, is the one that's the most obvious. And I'm I, I remember when we first talked about Gaius after the patch, um, and you mentioned that he was black, and I'm like, "Yeah," and I didn't even realize. Uh, and then we looked at the patch chart, and he's like all white. Nothing clicked in my mind. After you told me about all this, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. And I, yeah, I get it. Um, I, think, yeah. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. just don't understand. I think that's, yeah. that's the pro. Because I didn't until I was told. Yeah. Uh, so. Mm. Yeah. And so, like I said, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go first. You continue. Yeah, roll. Roll. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I... I, like I said, I hope people approach this with an open mind and at least try and understand why maybe some minorities or darker skinned people or even just other people might talk about this and don't say stuff like, you, don't you know how tans work? Mm. <laughs> like, I I know I know that people can tan. Uh-huh. Why did they pick two of the main cast to change their tans constantly with mm. Yastola and Thancred? Because... Mm. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It just to single out that one thing mm-hmm. for two characters. Um, and again, like I said, it's more of a design thing, like a composition mm-hmm. almost for yeah, yeah, yeah. for all art pieces and just you know vibes <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does. It that excuse doesn't hold a lot of ground. We say, well, like, oh yeah, time passes and people tan. It's like, yeah, I, I agree so... with you. It's such a what <laughs> game does that? They're like, oh no, they've tanned now. Like, okay, that's not yeah. <laughs> normal in games. All right. This is not something that I feel like I can speak to a little bit more, being of um Asian background. I'm not far I'm not far East Asian, like the developers of this game. I'm Southeast Asian. Mm. But it is a feature that is like featured very similarly to uh it is an aspect of our skin color that works similarly in the sense that Asians tan and return to their non-tan skin color much faster than other skin tones. And that is probably what they're thinking. They're not at all considering what it means to other people when they do this. Yeah. That's not to justify why they're doing this. No. It's to explain why they're thinking this way without really taking into consideration how people that are in, that are enjoying their game in other regions would react to how they treat these characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, go on. it's... God, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, I, I almost wrote stuff down because there was just so much to say and I don't want to sound like an idiot. Um, but, uh, 
I, there are other people that can articulate this much better than me and have written much more in-depth stuff than I can just say off the top of my head. Mm. Um, I will say I, I do see some people in chat saying, you know, they, they don't see synth color. They, they don't what? I, <laughs> that they don't see skin color. I, I mean, that's metaphorically, you know, I, I understand that perspective. Um, mm. That doesn't work for people of color too often. No. Um, we have to see sin color mm. because mm. we get treated differently mm. for it. So, you, you know, you have to be perceptive of that stuff. And I'm, yeah. again, I'm not accusing anybody in chat of, of, any, of like racist or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's a fact of reality that we have to acknowledge. Like it, I, the way I talk and the way I walk and I, the reason why I even wear glasses is so I can come off as less aggressive um, because if you are darker skinned and maybe you look a little mean, <laughs> um, you don't look goofy like I do, <laughs> people can perceive you as a threat and they'll like lock their windows or mm -hmm. like, pull, roll up their windows near you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's it sucks it it does and um and i and the reason why i didn't want to talk about this is because this isn't a good thing for me to do <laughs> personally right. no. like even in office like spaces if you point out things like racism or colorism you're very much in the right and let's say things even change for the better you you're still that guy mm -hmm. <laughs> you're still that guy that you know look he's the one it, like people they don't want to associate with you as more you get ostracized and people say lots of mean things to you um which is you know it's happening before and it's why usually in real life mm. or even when i'm hanging out with my friends here and even out here too i've i've refrained a lot of time from speaking on those issues just because it's not worth the trouble for me sometimes right. you know sometimes i don't want to get some weird weirdo hateful comments mm -hmm. or things directed at me um so i but this time i just i don't know i wanted to try <laughs> yeah hey uh we have a platform might as well use it uh so yeah that's i think a lot yeah i think it's just important to like inform people a little sometimes because mm -hmm. yeah. i never thought about this so when I first read this article, I had no idea about any of this. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And I thought I thought he was being weird in like the way he responded, like how aggressive it's not almost it's not aggressive, but like defensive. And the tanning yeah. thing, spare me. Spare me so, the tanning <laughs> excuse. That, that it's is not like one of those usual Yoshi P answers. Yeah. It's very avoidant and weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um but only thing I, I, I don't yeah. I don't know why he didn't justify it through the frame of him of like explaining it as yep. relating it to his own skin tone. Right. I don't know why he had to go through the extra step of like, like othering them sort of. I don't know mm -hmm. why he can't even did the tanning excuse. Why didn't they just say something like, Oh, it was for composition's sake. Like we thought this, well, he'd kind of did with the Kurthus thing. He mentioned it there. Yeah. Then the tanning comment feels kind of weird. I just, it's, uh, I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah. There you go. I... Um, yeah. Well, I just, I just hope that maybe Yoshi P kind of reconsiders some of these criticisms 
maybe take some stuff to heart or just I don't yeah. know, right? sometimes it's easy just to ask a darker skin person how they feel about something like yeah. on when it relates to something like this and they might be able to try to tell you or help you mm -hmm. yeah with this but um yeah i don't know i <laughs> mm. yeah and yeah i agree with chat that composition is not even necessarily a great explanation because but why else did as they we discussed <laughs> yeah because as <laughs> they discussed this i think in the making of shadowbringers documentary that like they did a lot to the lighting engine to make it so that istinian's armor mm -hmm. would not look weird yeah yeah against the whites of kerthas so i don't see why they can't put in that effort in regards to skin tone mm -hmm. and there's also the i there's there's also 2p yeah, i don't know if i can yeah. entirely blame that on the 14 team no uh that might be other problems i don't but also there's the issue of just like skin tone in this game not being handled very well at all once you get into the darker skin tones and then this is on a different sort of uh, a different but similar angle in that the hairstyles in this game are very Caucasian and Asian focused in regards to what they are able to be. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. We, we have the Afro. <laughs> that's There's true. always one Afro in every that, Japanese hey, character creator game. Well, Remember that wasn't even in the game at first. That no. was oh, a fan. That was a that was a fan design winner. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I I, I saw I saw Umbra actually tweet this, and I'm just gonna pair what they said. Um, that I hope they make another hair design contest soon, instead of reusing some of the older winners, because I feel like some of today's submissions. Might be a little bit more varied, mm. and we might get so yeah, some more like 3C hairstyles or you curly or frizzy. Like, it'd be Friday's cool, of yeah. course. I know there's ways that you can add that if you want to, uh, mm. but you know, we don't condone that. Right? I'd prefer it if the developer <laughs> actively uh supported right with, rather than you yeah. having to go around <laughs> them, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Thanks for listening to me. I hope you aren't <laughs> extremely upset at me and plan no, to kill me. No, I think our community is pretty, pretty chill. And hopefully mm. those that were not aware are aware now and understand it more. I, yep. yeah. Um, There's, there will be other colored people that disagree with me. Of course. That's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. yeah. We're not, we're not a monolith. There might, there, there might be one dude in the comments or in chat that's like, I'm a colored person. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Totally mm -hmm. fine. Like, you, you I'm a like I'm a person of color. I'm white, much more white passing than a lot of other people, um, and my experience is very different from Rollo's. Mm. I probably have had a much easier life in certain ways than Rollo has, in regards to some of the experiences that he just described in this this stream. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah an unfortunate part of life. Yes, go um... watch some person people of color creator 14 youtubers they're out there of course yes go include them in the community yeah me and Georgi are the only people of color on this on that 14 streamer list for the event oh, that's true yeah that true. yeah as far as i know mm -hmm. i listen I, I, and i apologize if well, we're I, I haven't erasing checked. anyone that we're not aware i of. have not checked the whole list i i don't know if that's true or mm -hmm. not but from what we know that's the case yeah um 
yeah, there you go. Uh, that's um, also just want to say that I don't. Yoshi P is try. I think he he's not being like. He's trying to be nice in this interview. I think he's just misunder. He's like, you know. I feel like I gave him a bit of a, a bad uh, uh, rep here. I think he was. I think he chose. He's just misinformed. Yeah, I think that's what it is. He didn't mean anything bad about what he said. But, yeah. He's not properly educated on the issue, and that's fine. Yeah, many people aren't. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's and... the it's difficult to say that it's our responsibility to teach him because it's difficult to put that that on anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it's a complex. Hopefully, issue, there are people so... that are willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, there is one last part here, uh, which so, is much sillier than is, what we've just discussed. Yeah, <laughs> so, whew, okay, we can breathe out now. Uh, there's some uh, light-hearted uh, stuff at the end. Um, uh, all right, despite already going well over time, truth. Uh, he he lets me ask one more question. I end the interview on another one that is important to me and many members of the community, albeit in a different way. As we near the end of Heidelin and Zodiac's story arc... Oh, I'm so glad. They included uh, the word story. That's it, true. So there was like a buffer. Two arcs. Yeah, that's true. Zodiac's story arc, spanning over the last decade, reached the culmination of all the work involved in both starting a new MMO and recreating it and tread ground that few, if any, other MMO has before. I ask him, are there still no plans for NPC dating side quests? Must I wait <laughs> longer to have a date with Yashtola, Graha, Tia, Emmerich, or even my problematic paramour, who has been dead since the end of Shadowbringers? Immediately after hearing the question, Yoshida laughs loudly before saying, I hear that request actually fairly frequently. I know very well, but I wanted to ask anyway. He says it's okay if I ask about it until the day he lets me date Yostola. Um And he's kind enough to spare my heart by not saying no outright. But he discusses why it hasn't happened and probably won't for some time if it ever does. It's a live game, he begins. I consider the NPCs as living beings. All of these characters have their life that continues within the realm of Final Fantasy XIV. You never know what happens to them in their lives, and by having that sort of date event with the Warrior of Light, it might kind of narrow their possibilities, you know? I've given it lots of thought, uh, a lot of thought, like, what can I do to make this possible? One possibility that came up was having a mirage of a character, rather than making the actual person <laughs> romanceable. Yeah, it's like a real doll. But it was difficult to execute, so the idea was scrapped. Thank goodness. <laughs> if you look at it from that perspective, and NPCs being living beings, and they see a copy of them dating somebody else against their own will, wouldn't that be kind of... That seems, seems kind of insensitive to the NPCs themselves, too. So it's a really hard line to draw there, he says. I'm afraid I haven't really found a good solution just yet. For example, say maybe three expansions down from now, Orianje is suddenly like, Okay, I'm leaving Heidelin and going to Mars or something like that. Mars <laughs> those, confirmed. Mars confirmed part of Heidelin's <laughs> universe. Uh, those who may have had their hearts set on being with Orianje may get really mad and say, What are you doing to my Orianje, Yoshida? Bring him back. With Endwalker, all of the characters that make an appearance will have moments in which they will shine. So I hope you look forward to playing the expansion. Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker will be released on November 23rd. There you go. No romance. I mean, that makes sense. 
It, just mm. make, just make, give me like a like a funny non-canon scene, just like one. I don't need a non-canon <laughs> scene. Just you can have nice. You can make nice. Like you could make. Um, you know how you have tribe quests. You could have like character quests, and they don't have to be romantic. People, yeah, you can just leave nice people too. to interpret them how they want. Yeah. 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 Uh, hey, I mean, Sotar does it. <laughs> True. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it does it well. I don't really like how Bioware romances are usually written. Right. But it's it's there. Uh, honestly, you don't like it when the polygons smash their faces together. <laughs> yeah, I love it when they're just like wide eyed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It. I mean, it's always kind of a silly question. I. I'm personally not super big, actually, on <laughs> romance in video games, like romance options. I, 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 I kind of yeah. like mm-hmm. them as like a silly thing. Mm-hmm. I think it would be too weird in 14. I don't, yeah. because it's not, it doesn't make sense. And it's not going to be acknowledged in the MSQ and it's going to be odd and odd. It's just, mm, no, I have never yeah. had any I, need for that. I, I wouldn't mind those so like smaller scenes with NPCs, like little optional like, character ones. Mm. Like, that that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's flirtatious a little bit. I mean, I there are so many other. You can get games spe- <laughs> specifically for yeah. dating. Yeah. So why do you need it in every fucking game you play? <laughs> Imagine if, as the final patch for this that this game ever receives, it's just they make a dating quest line for every character. <laughs> Once the game is over. Okay, that would be funny. If that's like end of life, like patch, then yeah, that would be funny. Think about it, Luke. What if you romance Pat Palimo and then you have. It's, that scene is so much more tragic. Oh. Right? Wait, he's dead. Oh, that's what I'm saying. So you romance him beforehand. Oh, yeah. I get like, to like go back in time and then romance him like 1.0 probably. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucked. This is fucked up. I'm also sorry to say. Lalafell romance. Yeah. Any, anything not a Lalafell? Yeah. I know it's not that. But boy, is that hard to avoid looking it's like difficult. that. It's mm. difficult. Yeah, it's difficult to imagine because of the because of the uh comparisons that occur in our world. Yeah. For them, it makes more sense because that's what they know. Mm-hmm. For us, it's difficult not to project our world onto theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's kind of cute that uh, Giat has like a little bit of a crush on uh, uh, on Mr. Highlander Man. Our uh, Arn Arn uh, Yeah. Like it's like ah, uh, like she's pining for him. Yeah. Once you think about it, for any more past the pining. It's like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, problematic. That, yeah, that's yeah. Don't, yeah, <laughs> like, don't. Like you don't. No, no, no. I've already <laughs> thought about it too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah like, the level six, the level sixty through seventy quest, culinarian quest line is about a a Lullifel, uh woman and a Makote male couple. Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that's, um... I'm glad they avoid in the main quest, usually. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. want to see that. No, no. 
So there you go. That's um, that's the fanbite interview. I promised a mugmail, and we're eating into the post show. But fuck it, we don't have that many questions from the syndicate, so I think okay. we can afford one question. Mm -hmm. Sorry, one mugmail. So uh, oh, oh, sorry, I meant our bear, not our. Oh yeah, sorry, our bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, let's uh, jump into mugmail. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> there it comes. There it is. Uh, this is from Genova Tia from Twintania. Uh, hello, my lovely speakers. Let's talk about tempering. Uh, in the newest 5.5 patch, just to date this mock mail, oh no, <laughs> we got a mm. glimpse of expansion art lady, most likely Venophilia at this point, and she said <laughs> to us, <laughs> here, here, and baddies incoming darkness rising. We have to talk about Heidelin's tempering at this point. It's an age-old question, but it has to be asked. Are we tempered? If we are, can we be cured of the tempering? Heidelin is a primal, and so she should do this according to rules. Do, primi uh, do primordial primals have rules? But we have yet to see the effects of, the, uh, of this. Is our ether imbalanced towards one element? Has Heidelin tempered others across the realm? There is an ongoing theory that Charlians, the forum in this case, are tempered slash controlled by Heidelin Vena. Was this cutscene at the end of the patch an attempt by Vena to influence us? Did Midgard's armor have a sway on removing that tempering from us during Heavensward? Compare his beam and Alice during tempering cure. Sorry about the flood of questions. Thank you. Well, um... They mm -hmm. did sort of touch on this in the patch. Just, like, a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's tough to say. Because, you know, if you're a warrior or whatever, you mm -hmm. know, or, or you have that go, you can't be tempered, right? And that's right. cool. Mm -hmm. And then you find out, okay, well, other people can't be tempered if they're already tempered. Mm -hmm. So what's going on there? And we have multiple examples of primals trying to temper us. And then they're like, oh, you're someone mm -hmm. else has you. Like that's in such, I think one of them says like he has to, there's another or something. Someone says that. I don't know if it's Ifrit mm -hmm. or, is sorry, it, Ifrit. I think it is Ifrit. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, uh, and Thornton is like, what the fuck are you? Um, and now the question with like, Yostola is like, when was the last time Heidelin even talked to you? Like, there's, there's no. Midgard Stormer broke something, remember? Like, he broke the connection with Heidelin, and suddenly we weren't as strong anymore. There's. I, I do think the Midgard Stormer thing makes it a lot more interesting. Because mm -hmm. it's a very unique thing to us. Yes. So. Yeah. Maybe we were tempered. Mm -hmm. And Midgard Stormer just. Like you know what, get that out of there. Yeah. Get... <laughs> yeah, because when we um, when we came back to talk to her, she was like, "Oh, I'm so frail and weak." It's like, wait, why are you so frail and weak all of a sudden? Um, it's interesting because if you're tempered, you kill. So, God, how does this work? How does how do primals so primals get uh, ether from yeah. uh, offerings? sometimes right they offer things up to their god or crystal and crystals obviously let's not forget about the crystals but she's literally a crystal so i don't know if she needs <laughs> does she need crystals she's a crystal right so if we are tempered mm. and kill enemies for her every time we kill an enemy does that ether go to her 
Is that how tempering works? Maybe. Maybe, maybe what's... Maybe we've been feeding, maybe. like, Heidelin, and then Midgar's arm is like, yeah. enough of that shit! And she's like, ugh! <laughs> my ether supply. Um, maybe she's in the... The crystal form is what what keeps her alive, mm. because we know she has a non-crystal form. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, they better talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> if if they end this arc with like, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> you're just you're just that special. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a very interesting thought. If we've been tempered this I mean, whole time, I mean, it won't be a twist because we've talked about it for so long. I feel like it's yeah. Go yeah. on, Gary. The fact that we can't be tempered can't really be explained away as anything other than something that Heidelin has given to us. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that counts as tempering in itself, though, is the question. Well, you cannot temper someone who's already tempered, right? That is a rule. Yes, so... that is true. But does that mean that she tempered us, or does she give us another power that I don't know. is different? That's the question, isn't it? Like, because also Garuda, someone mentioned in chat, Garuda says, like, she has touched you. So, I mean, there's... I don't know. It's interesting. And, yeah, and I mean... Uh, Zodiac tempered Asians. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and someone had to have been tempered by Heidelin. Mm -hmm. If it's, it has to be someone or yeah. a group of people. Well, mm -hmm. Vinar would be one of them. But yeah. does that mean yeah. that we are because we aren't the same? We are. We contain the same ether as as the uh, Azim. Yeah, Azem. Azem. Um, but. We aren't the same person, so... Yeah. yeah, there's some stuff that is missing here. So, yeah, I hope... God, if they just not... If they ignore this part, I'm going to be very pissed. But, uh... It, yeah. it can be like that, uh... What's that Doctor Who phrase? Or timey-wimey? wibbly wobbly about... timey-wimey. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like ether fucky wucky. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tempering whatever. It, 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 yeah. Eh, eh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I I think that there is definitely something between us and Heidelin that's not normal. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. we. Yeah, we'll see if it's if it is tempering. We'll see. I think that makes the most sense with the evidence we have right now. Like b based on everything that's been said. From like all the primals, there's there's specifically the Thornton one really sticks out to me. Like he's yeah. terrified of us. He's like he sees us as this scary entity, and he's like, "What the fuck? What are you?" That one, that's the first time I was really like, "Oh, there's something wrong with us." And that's also the same expansion where Midgard Jorm is like, "Let's break that off mm -hmm. right now." So you know, all the benefits of tempering without the tempering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Midgard song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and. If we end the expansion or the 6.0 story without us being tempered anymore, people have said that is the perfect excuse for them to like lower the stakes in terms of enemies we face and make like enemies that we pro previously would have been able to destroy like challenging again. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Even what if we lose Highlands blessing? Remember, they're doing or yeah, they're doing stat squish. So <laughs> hey. Well, that's at the start of the expansion. Though. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
He uh, just squishes you a little bit. You're weaker now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Remember to screenshot your numbers at the end of this expansion because they will not be the same when you log back in. No, no. All right. Um, thank you, uh, Genova Tia. Um, that thank is the you. end of the show. Thanks for watching, everyone. If you're watching live, remember the post show is coming up. Remember to follow on uh, Twitter at speakersxavi, twitch.tv slash speakersofheidlin, youtube.com slash speakersxavi, exclamation discord in chat. If you're watching on demand, link is in the description. Uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Uh, make sure you catch that. Uh, and uh, stay tuned for the post show, which is coming up right now if you're watching live. Goodbye! Bye! Bye! listened to an episode of Speakers of Eidolon, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukeel Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash speakersxiv, or buy some merch at teespring.com slash stores slash speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.